gallery. Where, so stop using the F word, right? Uh, go, you can go to view again and press gallery. Uh, okay, participants chat, share screen, record, reactions. You have a different view than I do. Mine just says. Oh, view. I see view. Gallery. You know, you want to go to the gallery or full screen? Uh, you're, that's your choice. You can look at both of them. I use gallery. We're going, think, to be, uh, we're going to be going live any second now. Okay. Okay, we are live. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. Uh, long here with me is my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Doing well. I'm very excited about tonight's guest. Yeah, we have a great guest tonight. She is the founder of Canines for Cops. She's here to tell us all about it. Um, give us, give her, wherever you are, wherever you're situated, give her a round of applause. Christy Schiller, folks. Let her feel the love. Let her feel. <laughs> Hi, Christy. Hey, Thank Christy. You. Hi. Is the second K for canine or what? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, oh. Christy K. All right, I thought I thought I thought you were in the KKK. Uh. <laughs> so okay, so Christy, you uh, have done some phenomenal work on behalf of law enforcement, not only in this country but also uh, abroad. France is one of the countries that you helped out too. Uh, we're we're going to talk about what happened, why you got involved, and. Um, how much, uh, how important the dogs are. I think we all know how important canines are, especially if you travel to the airport. I don't, I don't have any drugs on me when I go through the airport, but I, for some reason I still get scared. So, well, I don't help. Although TSA needs me desperately, uh -huh. um, I'm not, I don't have anything to do with federal or TSA. But I, I sometimes think when I walk through there and I watch the way they work their dogs, it's purely for show. Uh, you might be right. I hope so, <laughs> but you might, this hopefully our show will catapult you um, into maybe, maybe you can hook up and, and get that, that contract, that federal contract. She, she's so, not looking, she, Mark, this is a charity. She's not looking for money. No, no, well, it's people don't <laughs> the charity though. That's true. That's, See, that's true. how, basically that's uh, you got a 401 501c3. 501c3. And you know, the dogs are fascinating. I think Bill wants to show a video. So uh, basically we could, uh, I think you're gonna show the Steve Harvey video? Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, this is so cool. I actually got choked up watching it. There's a wife and a mom who saw a need in her community and did something about it. She now works tirelessly providing trained police dogs to departments across the country. Please welcome the founder of Canines for Cops and today's Harvey's hero. Please welcome Christy. Hi, Christy. So, Christy, tell us about Canines for Cops. Canines for Cops just celebrated their fourth year. We give, as you said, we give trained canine dogs to law enforcement agencies. And people just don't realize, Steve, the level of ninja that they do. It's not just find narcotics, you know, maybe go into a fire afterwards, uh, chase down a bad guy, find a missing child. That They do so much more to provide a layer of protection to keep our streets safe. Wow. 
why, uh, why is it so hard for police departments and departments to get these canines? Budget costs. We feel that at Canines for Cops, that you, your safety shouldn't be hindered. Your streets should not be less safe because of a budget cut. In Houston alone, in the past three years, our canines resulted in over 400 arrests, taking three and a half million dollars worth of cash off the streets, over 85 weapons. We had one dog in one night do a $23 million bust. Why, why would you not want that for your department? Where did you get this idea for all of this? Four years ago, it was at Christmas time, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, the holidays and paying it forward, and I saw in the news that a canine officer lost his dog in the line of duty. So I called the county, and I called some politicians, and I said, I, I want to give a dog anonymously. They said, well, it's not that easy, and you have to, there's a lot of red tape. Well, I realized, I started doing my homework, it's ten dollars to $15,000 a dog. It can go up to $30,000 for a specialized dog, and I couldn't turn my back on the fact that there was not an agency in the United mm. States that did this. And now we're in 25 states, and we've given 90 dogs. 90 dogs. Wow. Well, you know, Christy, you've helped so many communities out there with your hard work. There are actually some folks who want to thank you. So uh, come on out. Well, uh, he was my inspiration. He's the one that lost his dog. His dog saved his life in the line of duty. And now he's amazing. That's beautiful. It was uh, a fun day. They totally had me rooked. I had no idea. I kept thinking to myself, why are we taking the kids out of school to yeah. watch My canine partner. Now he tells a story of how, and maybe we could see a story later, of how he lost his dog in the line of duty, which is really, he's very, He's very emotional about it, right? Yes. And that was what drove you to get involved in Canines for Cops, right? I just was, I had no law enforcement background. I was just walking literally in front of the TV two days before Christmas. And uh, the sound was off and I saw this officer and he was crying. And I turned up the TV and I only caught the tail end of it. And he said, you know, he protected, he saved my life doing what he was trained to do. And um, he gave his life for me. And I'm still kind of confused to what happened. And the gentleman looked about my age. I figured, gosh, he probably has children, you know, my little girl's age. And now he's got to go home and tell them that, you know, the dog's not coming home or that daddy was almost killed. I can only imagine, I didn't know the story, what led up to it, but I was determined to find out. And I told my husband, I said, I want to give that officer a dog. And he said, do you know him? And I said, no. I said, I want to give it anonymously because I think that's how you get picked for jury duty. <laughs> and um, so I started calling around trying to figure out what department it was. 
I had no idea we had that many entities of law enforcement in Houston and Metro police, rail police, ISD, constables, sheriffs, you know, HPD, um, all the different venues. And I figured a dog was probably a thousand dollars. I mean, I had no idea. Well, they're a little more than that. And so somebody said, you can't give to a general fund um, and determine where that money goes. And, you know, you need to um, find out if they're going to have a rally, you know, to raise money for the dog. Well, I mean, the dog had just died. Mm -hmm. And I said, and they said, somebody high up told me, you know, look, that, that department has a lot of money. They probably don't need the money. I said, who doesn't, Warren Buffett needs money to do what he does. I mean, that's asinine. And it was a, um, one of the largest constable units here. Do you have constables in New York? No. Okay. We it's have sheriffs. We, we, have, uh, we have police departments. We have sheriffs. We have marshals, but we don't have mm -hmm. constables. Well, we have troopers too. Troopers. This constable unit, um, you know, covers a district. I guess we have um, in Harris County, there's eight different districts for constable units. And that particular one was about, I don't know, 750 uh, in that department. And I found out that um, they had gone in and, and it's at Christmas and these uh, young gentlemen were breaking into patio homes around a golf course and they were stealing Christmas presents when people would leave. Oh, wow. And so they had narrowed it off. They had, you know, done a parameter, got in and he'd sent his dog. And so he said, look, um, you know, at that point they pretty much had them where they wanted them. But he said, I, I needed to get my dog. I couldn't see. It was late at night and, and I'm trying to call him with an e-caller. And he said, my command, my captain came out and he just had the empty collar. And the guys had killed the dog. Wow. And they said they didn't know it was a police dog. Never mind the vest he was wearing that said canine unit. Um, but, you know, they killed the dog and, and uh, it just broke my heart because it's Christmas time. They don't get hazard pay for, you know, going in at Christmas. And, um, you know, I mean, it just, it really tore at my heart. And I was involved in a lot of philanthropic things, but none of them really did it for me. I mean, you know, you know, Christy, the, the ballet is never going to run out of money. Christy, I just want to say one of the guys in the live chat, a, a gentleman named Dwight Mays, Christy funded a canine for my department when our program was floundering. She has the biggest heart I've ever seen. What she has done is phenomenal. Oh, I love him. We have a bunch of people that are, are tuning in right How now. How can I see them? They, they wanted to say hello and uh, let us know they're listening to us tonight. We got Michael McCure, uh Mercurely, I retired as a lieutenant with 25 years on the job. You guys have an amazing show. We, uh, Whites, 44, I agree. Lieutenant, we need more law enforcement podcasters. Um, and Pete Pranzo is tuned, tuned in. And uh, he says Christy has a, a great platform, great cause. And Bill mentioned Dwight Mays. Uh, also, MC Audio, good evening, folks. Thanks for your service. We got a bunch of people. We have people from Nashville, Lee Terry. I made a contribution in honor. Um, 
of Laverne PDK9, Sajak killed in by a gunman trying to kill his partner. Fantastic. So yeah, you have a big following here, Scott Wagner. Um, you know, Christy, it, one of the things that we just like to say as retired members of the service from the NYPD is last year was the toughest year probably in the history of law enforcement yes. for cops nationally, not just in New York City. And when someone like yourself is doing God's work like this, it's very touching. Well, so when I started there, um, the governor's office told me, they said, look, just send the money to us and we'll find somebody that can use it. <laughs> I mean, it just wasn't as tactile. Well, he sounds like a I Democrat. <laughs> no, actually Republican, Rick Perry. Shout out to Rick Perry. So um, his chief of staff told me, look, go on and find a charity that does this and just write a check in that officer's honor. Okay, well, that seemed one solution. So I started looking and looking and I was three days wide awake and I couldn't find a charity that did this in the United States. And so I told my husband, I said, look, I have to start a charity or, you know, he said, what do you know about law enforcement? I mean, I don't know, you, like you graduate high school and they give you a gun when you open your first, you know, it's Texas. I mean, it's, it's the <laughs> it's wild not, west out here. It's a little uh, different, yeah, than New York, that's for sure. Exactly. So I said, you know, I, I just want to make a difference. And I was, my intention was just to give, to be able to give to that one department and maybe any other local departments in Houston area that needed them. And I said, maybe one day we'll be able to give as far as like, Austin and Dallas in a few years. Well, within three months, I was in Dubuque, Iowa was my first one. And now we're in 42 states and Europe. That's so, unbelievable. We, let me yeah. ask you, they, they use, it looks like you, they mostly use German shepherds. No, um, well, it depends on what they need. We've given all kinds, but- um, I was looking at the pictures on um, your website and the dogs that retired. And I think that's yeah. so, so that, that really choked me up. I don't know we how- use a lot of Belgian Malinois. What did you say? Which is in the shepherd family. Oh, okay. But how many years of service do you usually get out of uh, a canine dog? Um, a, a mal is gonna usually go a little longer than a German shepherd because they're not as big. If you're familiar with a mal, they are um, the, the dog that got Osama bin Laden or that you see the seals jump out of the plane. That's a Belgian Malinois. And, you know, they go, they can go up to 35 miles an hour and wow. they're really smart and they're really fast. And if, and if a situation arises that they could need to pick up that dog and, you know, take them out of the line of fire or, or, or into somewhere, you know, a SWAT situation, I find that my departments, now a lot of them still do use German Shepherds, but they've really kind of drifted over to the Malinois. You know, we both were 9-11 first responders, and uh, we were amazed at those cadaver dogs. Uh, that uh, Actually, that cadaver dog, it, her name was um, Brittany. She just passed away. I'm sure there's more than one, but um, she was trained, and she is part of Texas Task Force One. I live 10 miles from Texas A&M University, and Texas Task Force One is based here. Do you make, so, the, do you make the dogs in Texas wear cowboy hats? <laughs> yeah, they're always packing some. <laughs> but when I started the charity, I thought to myself, you know, I started trying to learn everything I could about law enforcement. 
And I realized, you know, look, if you want to be part of SWAT, you have to train X amount of hours a week or a month. If you even want to use a baton or a laser, you have to train X amount of hours a month. There's no standardized guideline for canine. And, you know, having a live animal by your side that's supposed to either have your back or you go in behind them, that's just one other thing that can go wrong. And so I'm very proud to say we not only give the dog, but we give the training to the handler and the dog throughout the lifetime of their career. And How we long is the career? 100,000 hours of training. Wow. How long is it a police dog's career usually? You know, um, we have, I would say 10 is going to be your cutoff. 10 years of service. Yeah, but it averages probably about eight and a half to nine. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. That's good. I mean, that's a lot. Of, yeah. That's a lot of the you know, sometimes like, accidents happen or, you know, I mean, things that are beyond your control, but um, you know, they may tear an ACL or break a tooth and um, mm -hmm. eating a Scooby snack, not certainly not another human being. <laughs> yeah. well, and yeah. So in um, 2012, I watched when the rest of the country did um, when Sandy Hook happened and my heart was broken. And I was, I was flying to Oklahoma City that morning and I got off the plane and it's the airport there is not very big. And I could see these people gathered around TVs and they were crying. And I tried to get up to see what was going on. And I asked somebody what happened. And they said a gunman went in in Connecticut and shot up a school. And, you know, I was just, my heart was broken. And they said it was a, a lot of kindergartners when my little girl was in kindergarten at the time. And so, um, you know, now I'm in tears. I go downstairs to get my bag at baggage claim and I see an officer, two officers talking and one is a canine officer and he's got a lab. So I usually try to carry some kind of swag, a coin or a hat or a bracelet, you know, anything. Hey, if you don't know about us, um, you know, here's my card. If you ever need any help, let me know. And I felt like everybody was looking at us. And, um, but, but in a weird way. So the, the pillars, you know, the, the suspension pillars that are where the baggage claim is, um, the, you know, the load bearing beams, there was a man, we couldn't see him, but standing behind there and he had the Middle Eastern, uh, the long white gown that's called a, Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. The man jammies. Pajamas? <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody was, wasn't looking at me. They were looking at the two cops, like, stop flirting with the blonde. You know, this guy's over here. Do and your job, as, officer. <laughs> as he steps out, then we could see him. And he was reaching down for his luggage. And so the, the young officer says, oh, duty calls. Well, I'm like, should I stay? I really, because this part is where it gets fascinating to me, not just giving the dog. How do they approach somebody to not be defensive? How do they approach somebody and say, you know, basically this is for your protection too. You know, there was some big Midwestern rancher type guys in there that looked like they would have solved the problem on their own. So I, I can't really hear what they're saying. And I'm a little concerned that, um, you know, if it's Al-Qaeda, am I going to blow up? And then I thought, well, they don't take Southwest and they don't take layover. So I'm probably okay. 
So I tried to get as close as I could and I could see, you know, they were making all these Vanna White moves and, and he was in agreement. Please, you know, open my bag. Well, when he went to go put the bag down, I saw that he had an Aggie ring on. And so I thought, okay, we're safe. So we have a campus, we, Texas A&M has a campus in Qatar. And so I figured immediately he had to be a visiting professor. And so they, he shook their hand, they went through it, everything was okay, people were watching. And you immediately felt the tension come down in the room. And so I run back over and I said, I just have to know, I'm profiling or guessing, was he a professor and he'd come in, is he teaching at University of Oklahoma or OSU? And they said, do you know him? And I said, no, 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 I don't know him. I said, but I noticed he had an Aggie ring on. He said, really? How could you tell? And I said, well, we're, we're Aggies. We're trained for stuff like that in our house. <laughs> and I realized at that moment, we just given him as a visiting person on U.S. soil, we just given him more protection than we had granted those children in Newtown. And I thought, why are we not putting a dog, ideally with a returning veteran that has some canine experience in every school? That's and a good idea. I went to, well, thank you. I went to Washington, DC and I said, look, all y'all can steal the idea. I just need help to get it going. And, um, so they said, well, you know, um, we don't know. Would it really, um, uh, what if it, what if a child was allergic to a dog? I said, well, I've never met anybody that's not allergic to shrapnel. <laughs> and if you have a better plan, I'll help you raise money for it. But right now, a fool in the room with a plan is better than the smartest guy in the room with no plan. You're absolutely I'm, correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you this could work. Well, you know, well, we have to get this bill passed and this takes so long and this takes so long. And so I started it on my own. And I'm very proud to say that. So we started it in 2013 and we now protect 2.7 million kids a day in school. That's amazing. Well, we got you know, we got some other people tuning in right now. Uh, Lee how can I see the other people? Is it or is it? Long You'd have to have the show on your uh, cell phone. Like yeah, we got YouTube it on the live phone because yeah, we're live. Uh, Lee Terry from Nashville. Christy, please keep canine Quinn. Please give canine Quinn a hug for me. And uh, I'll never forget the day I was in seventh grade down in New Haven when it happened. So that's by MC Audio. Uh, Dwight Mays. Christy took the law enforcement lesson seriously. She learned very early on that you can't ride around all over Texas without a valid DL. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is a DL? Driver's license. I went five years without one. <laughs> you know, I, I met the chief from Newtown. I did a, um, I used to teach at a college after I retired from the police department. And uh, he came, we had an active shooter symposium. And he came to speak. And he was the most amazing guy. He was so, he was affected by it. But he, he talked about how his cops all have tremendous PTSD Right. You know, from seeing 12 five-year-olds sh shot to death, plus I think another two or three teachers. Yes. So they went into that school and- There was know, over 20 killed that day. Yeah, horrendous. But to see five-year-olds right. killed by an active shooter has got to leave an imprint on your brain that never goes away. 
you know, it's, it's absolutely devastating because, you know, do I think that a dog is going to run in and put on a Superman cape and hold the guy down till he gets it? Probably not. Could a dog perish? Yes, unfortunately he could, but that's what he's trained to do. No different than if it were in Afghanistan. And I just think that that brave teacher that gathered her students and got them out and yet she perished. She only needed an extra 10 seconds. That was it. And so you can't tell me that somebody like a Ford Motor Company or, um, you know, a Gates Foundation or somebody can come in and say, and, you know, and it's also teaching how to spot one of these active shooters. I mean, what, what's in the making? Is somebody angry? Are they wearing dark colors? Um, Are they reclusive from the other students? And there's, you know, all kinds of things that you have to look for. And I, I hope and pray every day that our country turns around. But when they have these, today we're gonna we're going to pray for what happened. It's it's not fixing the situation. But your idea to have dogs in the schools is a tremendous idea. You know, because many people don't want armed uh, teachers, they don't want armed security guards. But having dogs in the school, I think that's a tremendous idea. Even if it was a dog that went around from school to school. So if you had five, 10 schools in a certain area. You yes, that, I do that as well. On with the, you start early in the morning and you bring, and you do it, uh, you know, you don't go to the same school at the same time. You know, you, you, you change it up every day and you go visit the schools and you just do a walk around with the dog and it gets to sniff out and check stuff out. And uh, I think everybody feels a little bit more comfortable. Even the kids, for that matter. Absolutely. And they get so excited. Well, it was about uh, two or three years ago. I was at a conference, a canine conference in Memphis. And um, I took my guys with me that helped me that, you know, through this. And um, they both are officers in Houston. And Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, um, familiar with? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was speaking and he's very animated and he has the the red sharpies and you know he said why are we calling um them just shootings they're massacres you know and we're all there's a couple hundred people in the room we're all just hanging on the edge of our seat and and he said you know um to have a dog in a school is brilliant and i look at my guys and of course the theater where we're sitting in is dark you know you can only see him up on the stage and he said kudos to the lady that you know started that program i'm not thinking it's me and i'm (laughs) hitting my guys and now i'm starting to almost cry and i said see you told me to be quiet they all told me don't blast this out like you did canines for cops because somebody's going to say this will never work you need to quietly do it and then when you hit the two million that you're protecting and they say it will never work you say well i've been doing it for four years and this is why it does work so now I've got tears in my eyes. And, and he said, look, if some blonde that was in Playboy can, can sit in carpool line and come up with this idea, he goes, what is everybody doing on Capitol Hill that they can't come up with the idea? They should get behind. And I was like, he's talking about me. <laughs> he didn't know me. So after, after you know another hour and a half of his talk, I'm just, I can't even sit in my seat I'm like a little four-year-old on sugar. 
And I, I run up to him and um, I said, hi, hi. I said, I'm me. And he goes, okay. I'm I said, no, no, I'm the lady. In the I'm the dog lady. Line. I'm the dog lady. I'm the dog lady. <laughs> and he just said, you know, I have to have a picture with you. And I was like, are you kidding? Really? And, but he was there, you know, he lived in, um, uh, was it, um, he was there for Columbine because he lived, you know, like 20 or 30 miles away. Uh, Aurora, Aurora, Colorado. Yes. Right. And Harris, you know, Harrison Klebold. Yes. Dylan Klebold. Kids. Yeah. That's one of the names. And, you know, I have a lot of people on my board that are just a wealth of information. Dr. Marisa Rendazzo, that was the lead psychiatrist for the Secret Service for 10 years and threat assessments, and especially against children. And Phil Houston from the CIA that wrote the book, Spy the Lie. And they said, a, an active shooter will think twice before he goes, they all want to be Dylan Klebold. You know, they all want right. to die suicide by cop. They're martyrs, but they want to have the longest Wikipedia page. And so I got up and spoke at uh, the Capitol in Texas. And I said, look, I carry, um, I said, I know a lot of people that do. I know a lot of people that do for a living that probably shouldn't. In New York, I, we, in New York we call that being strapped. <laughs> well, I said, um, you know, this arming teachers is a really bad idea. And, you know, we know as a surgeon, as a pilot, um, that you shouldn't perform, uh, take any type of chemical, anything chemically that's going to imbalance you 24 hours out before you perform your task. Well, nobody knows when there's going to be an active shooter. So let's say she's gone out with her girlfriends the night before celebrating somebody's bachelorette party. And she says, oh my gosh, it's been night I have to go home I have to grade papers and she's taking Adderall she's taking Prozac she says I'm just going to take a half an Ambien because I have to do carpool in the morning I had to be there at 15 till 7 and then I won't get to bed till 3 and so now she's you know a walking chem lab and her boyfriend has given her a 38 special so this guy that's preparing. That doesn't sound like a Texas gun, a 38 special. I thought it'd be like a 45. Well, no, and I'm being facetious when I say that. You know. He's got a 38 special, but he doesn't. He's got a mini Mac and he's got something belt fed and he's not playing around. Belt you know, he's I mean, fully sponsored by HK. I don't even know what that means, belt fed. What does that mean, belt fed? Yeah, gun to Texas, I'm telling you. <laughs> Texas knows a lot about guns, man. Holy cow, we got a couple of other people that tuned in. Bill Ryan, uh, he, he's uh, one of our regular guests from the Ryan Investigative Group tuned in. Hello, Bill. And uh, we got 12-step woman. Hello, Sergeant Cannon, Mark, and uh, K.K. Schiller. So, yeah, you're a hot topic tonight, uh, Christy. Um, in regards to the dogs, uh, like, how long is the training for them? It depends on what it is that they're training for. Um, anywhere from eight to 12 weeks certifying with their trainer. So after they receive their dog, so we have, I think it's 12 um, vendors throughout the United States that we have bonded and vetted and our insurance meets their insurance requirements. And so once they get their dog granted, if they live in maybe Southern California, they don't wanna come all the way maybe to New York 
you know, to get a dog, it's not feasible. So they go to Adler Horst Kennels. If they're on the East Coast, um, we have a wonderful vendor there, Laz Cabrero. And these are people that if, and we have a working and health guarantee, two years on each dog. So if that dog, something happens, it's out of anybody's control. Maybe he contracts cancer three or four months after they get him. They can go back and get a brand new dog. No questions asked. Well, that's great. And the, um, as far as I know, the police officers who were canine, they usually take their dogs home with them. Yes. So, yeah. they, you know, they have a kennel and a setup. And we try to find, um, you know, if somebody calls me and says, uh, you know, uh, we are applying for a canine and we're from the greater Chicago area. Um, I will go on and try to find somebody that either, if I don't know, I'm about to know, and I will go to tax records and see who pays the most residential tax records, who, you know, I'll go through the society columns. I'll go through, you know, anywhere I can find, and I'll reach out to these people. I have no shame. You know, Christy, I say, think, I think, this I think is if, sexy. I think if dogs knew what was going on in Chicago, they would refuse to work there. Look, and I have to say, my my, um, I really admire um, Commissioner the David Brown. He came from Dallas, and he's trying his hardest to make that work. But you know, there's politics behind policing. Can you imagine? Being, can you imagine being in the Doggy Academy, and then all of a sudden you get Chicago? Oh my God! They're like, "Hey, go to Chicago." <laughs> you know why? The, the, dog, the, the dog didn't have a hook. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he didn't know a rabbi. What's the I'm matter? Not, you didn't know a rabbi. I'm not going to Chicago. I refuse you know, to work there. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. funny. I don't like the kennels in Chicago. <laughs> you mentioned that um, you uh, look through the society pages and you do all your homework on who's got the money where. You know who else used to do that when she was uh, trying to get. Uh, awareness for AIDS. Yeah. Elizabeth Taylor. Love That's her. the way she went about it. She called up all her friends and uh, she said, you, you're you a part of this. I need you to show up on this date. And they all did. And that's why the they, they started fighting. I got to get a listed phone number. That's why Hollywood hasn't called me yet. <laughs> I'm convinced this is a movie in the making. You know, Christy, it, I want to just show you a clip from uh, from that the gentleman that uh, that lost his dog, because it's actually very, very touching. But because of your generosity, you got me back on the street fighting crime. You know, I don't think people realize how much these dogs bring to the table. And how much these officers and departments count on them on a daily basis. And it's good to people like you, thank God, your generosity and your tireless effort that, that allows these guys to go out and do their job safer. And, you know, you know because of your passion, and my dog didn't die in vain. You are a true hero, and I, so just this is I, this is just a jacket. 
just want to keep everybody cool. All right, here we go. And we had this made for you. This is a Harvey's Hero jacket because you are a Harvey's Hero for all you do. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Uh, I like the way Steve Steve Harvey got nervous. I'm just going to get the jacket here. <laughs> I'm telling you, the I have... Um, if I had to be honest, there's been, I, there's been times where I've actually gone on YouTube and just put in canine attacks and just uh, sit back and go go down that wormhole. Um, I, I just love it. I love it. Uh, sometimes, you know, when people are resisting arrest as a former officer, uh, when they get the dog out, man, dogs scare people. Dogs really, they might not be as scared of a cop with a gun. I used to work in Queens and there was a club called Trafalgar Square right in Jamaica, Queens. And there would be a thousand people in the street for some reason, I don't know. I didn't even know how many people were in the club, but a thousand in the street. And they would always, every doorman had, um, every bouncer had a dog. Really? They didn't have German Shepherd, they had pit bulls. But the only way you could control the people from trying to get into the side entrance or talking about that, they'd see the guy with the dog and they would just, oh yeah, it's okay, it's okay. And they would just, they would just leave. <laughs> Dogs scare people, man. We used well, to have to go in, uh, Christy. We used to have to go into a lot of apartments as you know to do investigations. I, I was in homicide, and they would have like two man-eating pit bulls, and they'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no! The dog, the dog's okay. The dog don't bite." We're like, "Lock that dog in the bathroom. Uh -huh. That dog loves white Irish guys. We taste <laughs> great. <laughs> white Irish guys taste great." <laughs> well, I have to tell you that I used to have, and you can see him in some of the pictures, and he's a huge German Shepherd. Yeah, I saw those pictures. Yeah. Yeah, and he, we just you had to put him down him. a year ago, and his name was Johnny Cash. So Johnny Cash is the only dog that's ever rang the bell. That's is that him. him? Is that him? Yeah, he is about 145 pounds. Wow. And um, he was the only dog that ever rang the bell opening up, you know, on NASDAQ. So oh, wow. we're staying at um, the Waldorf Towers and I'm going out to take him for a break. Well, there's no place to really break a dog in the, on the Upper East Side. I mean, it's like, there's not, yeah, but you know, my dog, I don't know. He just felt uncomfortable. It's and, all grass. That's why it's all concrete. They used to go on grass. Well, right. So there's a, right in front of the Waldorf, there's a little in the median, there's a little patch. They call of, them, they call them malls. <laughs> well, there's a little patch of grass. And um, I was having dinner with Bill Bratton and his beautiful wife, Ricky. And he says, where do you break a dog that big? And I said, there's a little patch of grass. And I said, or you can go to Central Park with your dog. You can take him off leash like before nine or eight in the morning, something like that. And he goes, but no, there's a sign there and it's got the dog that you can't. I go, yeah, that doesn't apply to us. <laughs> well, as I'm walking back and you know, the grates and things that y'all have on the sidewalk, all of a sudden I hear and I and I see, I guess what would it be um, behind? Would it be Madison if you're on Park, Madison? If you went down the side, anyway. So I can see these lights, you know, going, and I see this guy running, and they're chasing this guy. And then there's another cop car coming on the side. Well, my dog just takes off. 
Oh my and God. he's got the leash and I can't catch him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those guys are going to shoot my dog. And he was so excited. And so he's running and I see from every direction as I finally, I have to take my heels off and I'm running and the doorman from the Waldorf is running with me. And I'm like, don't shoot my dog. He speaks Dutch. <laughs> and that the guy that they were catching threw his hands up and he goes, that thing's a wolf. He goes, get him. I don't want it. Don't get him close to me. Take me in, take me in. You know, it's uh, funny about city dogs. If you bring a city dog out to the country, they don't know where to go. Yeah. Concrete. Yeah, I don't know how people will do it with big dogs in New York. No, the dogs get used to the concrete in the city. They, they, if, they see, if they're all on grass, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They're looking for concrete. Yeah, but it's tough to have a dog like as big as Christie's in an oh, apartment, yeah. you know? Yeah, I saw somebody, I know, well, I didn't see. I see them every day. They have a pig. And the pig weighs like 250 pounds. And it's in their apartment with oh, them. That's, they walk that's the ridiculous. pig in the street. They're they walk the pig in the them. street. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a huge, it's, it's gotta be 250 pounds is this, this pig. And uh, it lives in an apartment with them. So there are big dogs in the city. Not a lot, not, not, not as many as if you had a big property in the country, but there are big must dogs. Be one of those, what do you call them? Rent fixed apartments? Rent controlled, uh, yeah. Rent controlled. <laughs> they have yeah, their own pig. Man, those people are pigs. Grandfathered in. <laughs> but you know, um, I want to say it's like each borough has to have like 80 dogs or something. Is that right? In, in the NYPD? Yeah. I don't think they have that many dogs. No, I don't think so. They've got a lot of dogs. No, they have, they have bomb squad dogs. They're usually Labradors. And then they have uh, German Shepherds that offer the for guns and for searches and stuff like that. And then they have the, um, well, they have the, they only have the cadaver dogs when, you know, there's a, a major event, but I think it's- I got my first cadaver last week. Your first cadaver, you mean your dog got it? My dog did, yes, not me. What it was you? in Chicago and um, it had been submerged in water, I think like nine or 10 days. Wow. And it was 20 feet down inside of a car. And uh, that dog got it. I was so excited. I mean, did, I felt, did the dog dive into the water? No, I mean, I wasn't there. I had pictures how they did it, but it emits a gas when, you know, the body emits a gas. And I'm right. sure it's not like a bubble, but, you know, that gas, once it comes up, necessarily isn't coming straight up from where the body is. Right. And well, so, do you know, do you know why they call a body in the water a floater? And I actually learned this from from Harbor. When someone drowns in a river, they drop straight down, and they pretty much stay there. Because we had scuba one time, dive and look for a body, and after a couple of days, as you say, the gases build up and the body floats to the surface, and then it floats down the river. Thus, the name floater. So people can actually learn something from listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> But they get a lot of floaters in New York after the ice thaws, you know, the bodies that were frozen and they it thaws out and then they float down the river, you know. Now, when y'all are having all the riots and everything in New York, I didn't see a lot like um, SRT or SWAT. I didn't see a lot of canines, and I kind of wondered why. They didn't. They was. didn't use canines. They didn't use mounted. They didn't use aviation because the police were told to give a soft touch to the rioters. 
Well, the idea wasn't to stop or quelch any of it. The idea was to keep it going and try to make a scene. So anything that could squelch it or stop it, you weren't allowed to use it. And that's according to our administration here. Mm. And we kept it, probably I think we had, Bill would disagree with me, but we had three or four days where it was steady riots and then it broke up and then periodically you'd have one skirmish here or every other day you'd have something that happened. But it wasn't, as far as I'm concerned, is it wasn't anything like other states like Oregon or Minneapolis or... Um, I don't know. L.A. had some pretty bad stuff. Minnesota, I meant, you know, Portland or, or Minnesota where they had... Uh, and L.A. too. Uh, yeah, we could definitely use... <laughs> We, I think every officer should have a dog. I think I think in the future we'll probably have a robot, but for right now we could use a dog. I don't think that they would ever let them use dogs during riots because they, they don't like the look of it, you know. Yeah, like, you're right. Historically, yeah, back to Alabama and Georgia. Right, right, exactly. Historically, exactly. there's been really, you know, time in life they they made sure that we don't use canines during riots. Those yeah. pictures during the civil riots, uh, you know, back then were. A picture paints a thousand words, you know, and it, it didn't look good. It wasn't a good look. It was as good as when you got the nightstick over your head like this. You know? <laughs> we, were uh, taught, we were taught just to poke. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. No one could film a poke. <laughs> but, you know, you see them now. And, and as I did in the rest of the country, you know, if you're familiar with New York, but like where the Chanel store is, the Hermes store, they were just was. beating them. I mean, you know, trying to break out the windows and it's just like, you know. Where the stores were. Yeah. Anymore. For us as, as retired officers watching, one of the most horrible things I saw was uh, a lieutenant get hit in the head with a brick. And if he didn't have a I helmet, if he didn't have a helmet on, he'd be dead today because, right. and then the, the, the moronic mayor of the Blasio tried to suspend the cop that pulled his gun on the guy who did that. And then, the, and then the media shows it. They show the guy pull the gun before that happened, trying to get the cop in trouble. You know, so it's it's disgraceful. The media is disgraceful, but uh, that's why we're on the air to dispel with the the things that the media reports. Well, technically, you fund the police is actually the most ludicrous thing I've ever. Right, exactly. Well, don't get, don't get us started. <laughs> when you speak about defund the police, I mean, obviously, you're a nonprofit. But God forbid it was in the hands of, uh, you'd never see another dog again. Right. So what you're doing right now, because you're a nonprofit and because the dogs are coming from an outside source, there's no way to like really, well, I'm sure they could find a way uh, <laughs> because that's what they do. The cancel culture, the, they would look to destroy what you're doing. But uh, to fund the police, they would get rid of all the dogs immediately. Anything that could help a police officer do his job and not get hurt. Is well, I have to say, you know, I can't speak for um, any place else that I've ever lived, but um, Texas and especially Houston, we have a mayor, uh, Sylvester Turner, that completely backs his police chief, Art Acevedo. We have a wonderful sheriff, Ed Gonzalez, and that the county commissioners you know, want to make sure that they support him. And um, we never had any of that. That's why everybody's moving I mean, there right now. Yeah, right. But the problem is a lot of people that you're going to get right now are going to be people who are voting 
over here for, for this guy, the mayor, and, and this guy, the governor. They're scared. Uh, they're going to lose their money, so they're fleeing to you. But they're not going to change the way they vote. They're too dumb to do that. And, you know, too, too much of a cow. So that's the only thing I fear. You get all these people fleeing from these big cities. doesn't change their vote. Yeah, I think Texas is getting a lot of people fleeing California. So that's not Elon good. Musk. Yeah. They, could, they could flip the red state to a blue state before you know it. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. Now, Texas, it would be really hard to do. Now, the, all the major cities, I think it's safe to say, have, have turned blue. But we have enough outer lying areas. You know, there's 30 million people that live in Texas. And, you know, we have ranches here that are bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Wow. So, you know, it's hard to take that, you know, patriotic ranching mentality and that you're going to flip it the other way. Well, I hope so. I hope so for your sake, because, you know, Texas, uh, Nashville, uh, Tennessee seems like another place that most people are flocking to Florida. Well, because of the taxes. Taxes and also uh, because of the quality of life and because of the fact that you know, they believe they still have some semblance of law and order. I just worry about these people that are that, that move there and in abundance because they're, they're taking all the money from these big cities and they're taking it with them. And when you get the money, you know, you, you're traveling with your money, you become an influence as well. So I'm hoping that it doesn't change things uh, because they, they're like roaches. They destroy it. Look at the firearms companies that are moving. I mean, they're yeah, I think now. I think they moved out of New York because uh, Cuomo was an anti-Second Amendment guy, and uh, I, I forget maybe it was Smith and Wesson moved out of New York. It's like one moved to Alabama. Is it Remington? Maybe moved. Yeah, out it could be. Yeah. And then uh, I think HK is going to Tennessee. Well, you know, they paint with a broad brush. You know, they're Chicago's getting you know twenty to thirty people shot every weekend, at least ten or twelve murdered, and their, their response to that is to take the guns away from law-abiding gun owners, you know. <laughs> like, you got a gun problem. It's not with the people that have permits, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and it's actually backfiring over there in Portland because now they're, um, they're asking for help. They've raised the, the white flag. They're looking for help from every county, every municipality that's nearby. They legalized all the drugs. So the yeah, plastic the straw, they, they you can't the use free. Huh? They shouldn't make the drugs free. If you're going to legalize the drugs, then make the drugs free. So this way they don't have to look for them. This way they don't have to steal from them. Just give them the drugs. We waste so much money on rehab over here and all this nonsense that doesn't work. Every single drug addict should get a one-way ticket to Oregon, and that should be the state <laughs> where they all live. And yeah, you can use a plastic straw and get fined but you're, you're not going to get in trouble for the eight ball that you're snorting up your nose. But if you use a plastic straw to do it with, right. by God, you're, that's... You're in you, know, you know, Christy, uh, Mayor Bloomberg, who was the mayor of New York for 12 years, he actually put the bull on the... I thought he would have made a great president. Well, you know, he's a, he's a very smart guy. But yeah, he, but he had a policy when he was mayor. He would give any homeless person a one-way ticket to anywhere in the country. <laughs> but that was one way. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I think he got caught in the headlights, though, man. He didn't look that good on that debate, that's for sure. No. Very shrewd. If I if I were the Democratic Party, I would have gotten behind him. 
And, you know, he kind of caught grief over the, is it, was it Eric? Stop, um, was, well, he caught grief over stop. stop don't you know, raise your, yeah. Well, grief because he didn't back it. He should have, you know, if you're going to do it, own it. If he would have went the law and order route, he would have gotten all the votes, um, you know, on whichever side he was on. Uh, he, he, um, he had three terms here and the last four was his downfall because things were going so good and he just didn't take the foot off the pedal. You can't, you got to tell, you know, we, we had 300 homicides. We were a city of, I don't know, 8 million, 11 million people. It's like, you can't, you know, you can't get any lower than that. It really is. People are going to, every once in a while, they're going to freak out and kill each other. And um, we were still doing a lot of stuff that we probably shouldn't have been doing. Should have tried, probably like put a halt to it, stop questioning Frisk, tossing people. Um, it worked. It was an effective tool for a long time. But at some point, you got to let people breathe. And that's the problem. People weren't able to breathe. It was the opposite. You had eight years of Giuliani, 12 years of Bloomberg. That's why we got the crime down so low here. And now within... Less than eight years, he's turned the city into a... a well, I mean, they, it's been the second term. The second term is always the killer. But to be voted in twice. Yeah, but, but that's amazing, too. Like, the electorate voted this moron in twice. That, that's yeah, but nobody, nobody voted for... Like, it's the second term where people do the most damage. And during the first term, he was kind of sort of like, I don't know, riding around, da, 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 you know, kind of sort of looked like he was backing the police sometimes, even though they hated him. Uh, it's the second term that really, like, you know, they destroyed it with the bail reform. And um, so who's know. going to run in this next election? Oh, there's a million there's a whole, people. There's a whole I think group I might, of other de Blasios. There's I think a whole I, list of them. Bill and I might run as, yeah, a, yeah. Might, as a joint team. Never been done before. <laughs> you know, uh, Christy, I just wanted to read something. Uh, in less than 10 years, KK's canines have seized over a billion dollars in contraband and have given law enforcement officers over 100,000 certified training hours. And then you mentioned Sandy Hook. And uh, now dogs currently protect over 2.7 million students. And in 2014, canines for cops was named Fan favorite at the 125th Rose Bowl parade. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, that was nice. That Rose Bowl, um, the way they honored the flow with the flow with the dog on it. Yeah. That was really nice. It's beautiful. That was really, you're doing a, you did a great job here. And it's funny that you know, like that the funding wasn't there for the dogs. I don't even know how they got it before you. No, when I, um, when I, the first department I ever gave to was Harris County Sheriff's Department in Houston. And I mean, here they're covering five and a half million people in the greater area. And they had two dogs and one was nine and one was 10 and one had cancer and they were still working it. Oh, good. And now I think I've given them like 40 something dogs. That's amazing. When, when do you go from here with this program? Are you going to keep expanding or is it the biggest? Pray that some be? billionaire angel's watching and he says, I want to get involved. Um, well, do you have active fundraisers or people just see your website and they donate to your website? Well, it's been really hard since COVID. I mean, you know, you can't really fundraise. You try to do it virtually. Right. Yeah. Like that. Um, I mean, it's very, very difficult. And in, Look, I run it out of my house. Um, so basically everything given is 
goes straight back to the dogs. You know, we don't have a big staff. We don't have a big overhead. Um, you know, then again, nobody's getting their name on the side of a building, but oh well. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just, we've had some people, like I was on, um, on, uh, on like a Fox News or something in Washington, D.C., and a lady saw, you know, our story and said, I want to will you my house when I die. Wow. I have no heirs. I mean, so it's things like that, that you go, gosh, okay, well, I'm doing something right. Because sometimes, I mean, since there's no playbook to go by, and when I started doing this, I just assumed that not that I really wanted to reinvent the widget, but I would come in and I'd say, I'd really like to learn about this. Can you drop what you're doing and teach me? Because I'd like to help. You know, I have, and in the beginning, it's like people are, you know, when they say at first they'll laugh at you and then they'll copy you and then everybody will say, oh, we've been friends since forever. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I can remember going into some of these departments and I remember um, Brat and asked asking me, you know, do, do you ever get bullied? Because it's kind of a male dominated. And I said, you know what? I bet I have. And I just don't know it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if I have or not. But now that you say it, I guess, yeah, I can think of a few times. It, that, must, be, um, it must be tough to find out who controls the money at a police department, you know? Yes. It's such a bureaucracy that who actually... Uh, well, I've got a PhD in county commissioners and city managers and mayors and who wants to get the, the, you know, the kudos and whose idea would it be? I mean, at this point, I don't even care. That's right. fine. You want all the credit. I don't care. Um, but it's just about getting that word out. And then, you know, um, what we do is floor plan the department. So it is a lifetime lease. I never want the dog back, but just in case there's something nefarious going on, they're using our dogs to run loads for the cartel right. <laughs> or something like that. I can step in and say, mm, yeah, read paragraph seven, line two. Are you going to bring me my dog back? In the I next want my round? dog back. <laughs> how, about, how about bloodhounds? No bloodhounds? Um, no. And I think just because it's, you know, the dogs, there's dogs out there, you know, the mouths can smell just as good and they do it 10 times faster. Mm -hmm. But so I do think bloodhounds are sweet looking. Yeah. Um, well, this guy, he, he has a question. Uh, how many years is it typical for canine dogs to serve as officers? 12-step woman asked this. Um, I think we covered that already. What did you say? Like, if you're lucky. Up to 10 years. Yeah, that's that's great. That's great. Um it's it's uh and then I had know, a department last week that I tried to give them an, a new dog and they said oh well we have one and it works really well and I said okay well single purpose dual purpose uh, single purpose I said well can I ask how old it is we didn't give the original dog and he says it's going to be 14 in March <laughs> uh -huh. I said do you roll it out on casters yeah I mean, you know, it's so it's so funny that you know, you would talk to somebody and they would give you an answer like that instead of just saying yes. Yeah. They just but yes. They know the they, bureaucracy they have to go through to have it approved, and they have to decide: do they really want the fight? 
There is, uh, I'll be the first one to tell you, there's a lot of paperwork that's involved, people signing off on the, the, the dumbest bureaucracy. It starts in, in the police department, man. It just, everybody's got to sign off. I used to produce a show where I wanted to give money, a comedy show for the Women's and Children's Fund. And the hoops that I used to have to jump through, I'm talking about everybody. My sister had to scratch it, which means she had to sign off on it. You know, it was just, it was just so stupid. And I'm like, I'm just trying to raise money for the widows and children's fund and, you know, have it, you know, have a fun night with comedy. So there is that all around the country, unfortunately, but I had a major, major department um, that we, I was trying to, I had a donation for them that a lady said, I want this $300,000 to go to the town where I live, but I don't want them. And it was a very large department and I don't want them to know it's me and blah, blah, blah. They wanted me to sign a release that if a dog bit anybody, never mind that I'm not there, I don't train the dogs, anything that that the bad guy could sue me. Oh yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, let me have the piece of paper. I'll sign that. Yeah, like yeah, it's so it's so weird that you know just trying to relinquish liability on on something that's you're projecting. Oh, it's so horrible. And when you think about how useful they are. Oh. From, you know, holding uh, police officers from not getting assaulted. If a police officer has a dog uh, or a dog shows up at the scene, most people just- I always say that dog doesn't care how you vote, who you know, who your daddy is, uh, how you voted, whatever. They just want that tennis ball. That's all they want. To them, that's the will, ultimate end goal. And they get compliance. They get compliance. They you know never are hungover. They never ask for overtime. No. Nope. They never said, I took an Ambien last night. I slept in. How about, uh, what's their pension package like, though, once they retire? Uh, <laughs> How many uh, doggy bones do they get? None in slim. <laughs> what's in, in, instead of, out a, of town. Instead of like a, a 457 or a... Uh, you know, pension, they get like a certain amount of doggy bones a day and <laughs> a certain but amount of- I would of love for really... even a dog food company to sponsor our guys. I mean- Did you try that? Yeah, God knows I've tried it. And what happened? Well, it just, you know, uh, get it in, get it in the budget. And I'm like, so you'll give to Westminster, which I've nothing, nothing wrong against Westminster. I love it. I'm addicted and I watch it. Isn't that, where the, isn't that where the owners look just like their dogs? Yes. Yeah. Best <laughs> exactly like them. <laughs> so, you know, they'll make sure that Purina, you know, knows that they, you know, they all eat Purina. But my God, if you have somebody that's um, just tried to carjack you and this dog's willing to go 35 miles an hour into the hood, get somebody... Wouldn't that make for a better story or that Timmy fell in the well and this dog was able to find him because he ate Purina dog food? Why don't you get some of these super patriots from like Starbucks, um, Facebook, <laughs> uh, Google, uh, ben who, and those, Jerry's. who those ben two and idiots that own the ice cream, Ben and Jerry's? I'm so sure. What, what you just, should... just for laughs, let's ask them for money. Yeah, we, that would be a great, that would be great to record the uh, Oh, to record it. Yeah, go to Ben and Jerry there and they're, they're wearing the communist you flag behind do? them. You, you know? want to get canine people to take back? Do you have to admit, this, I kind of, I say that canines is kind of the special teams. You know, I mean, it's, 
you know, the punter, the kicker, the whatever, you know, if there's a canine on SWAT, if there's whatever, they, you know, we got to call in the canine guy, you know, to get this guy out. It's a sexy, it's a sexy attribute. You know, the guy's got the dog or, or woman, sorry, got the dog and, you know, they're coming in and, you know, we all watch the bionic dog or, you know, super dog or, or Rinzenton, Lassie, whatever, and how great it would be. And, you know, yucky drive for, I went to um, Ford Motor Company and I said, look, I have an idea and I want you, I went to Penske, I went to Ford and I said, I, these guys are already driving Ford vehicles. And I said, but by the time you get a Ford vehicle and then, you know, you go and you get the um, quote for one, you say, okay, we're going to order another 150 Fords SUVs. But now we have to send them out to have the heat detector put in, the insert. And then, you know, then if it has a camera in it, that has to go to another person. So how many purchase orders it has to go through? You can be weeks outfitting that car that would take three or four days. Why not do it at the factory and call it a canine special and just get your little guy to take a thin blue line and paint it down the side and say, for every canine unit that we sell, we give a percentage back. Wow. That's a great thing. You sold me. Yeah, you know, you I think about it. Ranch trucks, but you won't do it with the cops, the people that, that defend you. That, that, a lot you of know, companies right now don't want to be associated. They, they don't want to police. defend. They want to defund. You know? Yeah, they don't want to be so even if they're pro cop, they don't want to be associated with it because they want they feel like they're going to lose a lot of money. Um, let's give a shout out to a couple more people. Michael, uh, Michaelina Serino. Uh, hi, everyone. I love the canine. I think they've trained so well. Very special dogs. Great job, Christy. Um, Michaelina, again, so sad they got killed in the line of duty. Uh, you got a lot of fans here. Well, if anybody wants to donate, it's www.k9sforcops.org backslash donate. All right. That's, that's easy. That makes it really easy. You know, I, you when know, I was making the flyer for this, I couldn't, you know, I did it four times because I kept doing K-9. I thought you were just S, <laughs> Apostrophe S and then I, I wrote F-O-U-R. You were like, no. It's I know. I said, Bill, it looks great, but that's not our name. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Uh, I can't, you know, what else can I say? And uh, we also have um, we also have our Patreon for those people who have enjoyed the show tonight um, and you want to hear more and you want to hear other content that we have. We put up uh, content that's exclusive for our Patreon customers. Please uh, check out our Patreon. It's uh, police off the cuff at patreon.com. And we also would appreciate if you enjoyed tonight's show if you just subscribe to our YouTube channel, that would help us out a lot as well. And I just want to say, Christy, thank you for, um, for joining us tonight and giving us some of your time. You're doing phenomenal work. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I have to look you guys up when I come to New York, when it's safe to come back to your town. Right. Yeah, when it's safe, you come back. We'll get you at a comedy show. But both Bill and I are, <laughs> are, are comedians here in New York. And uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely hook you up. 
Any parting words? Can you repeat the uh, where, where people can donate again? www.k9s, that's K number nine S number four, COPS.org backslash donate. And you can follow us on uh, Twitter and it's K9s for Cops Instagram. And um, we're about to launch our TikTok. And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, somebody asked this um, 12 step woman if we could pretty please include the canine funding link. So, Bill, we got to make sure that we uh, add the link when we share Absolutely. the video on Facebook and on YouTube and also uh, Instagram. Thanks again for uh, taking the time out to spend with us and all the work that you've it. done on behalf of law enforcement, the lives that you've saved, um, the money that you've given back to police departments to fight crime. You are to be commended. Uh, thank you so much. Christy, I just wanted to say in this, you know, as I said, 2020 was one of the most horrendous years for police departments nationally. And to have someone like you have the back of police departments and say all the positive things that the police do, it's almost unpopular in a lot of places for you to be. It's almost like being patriotic. Some people <laughs> don't like when you're patriotic, you know, the hell with them. But and some people don't like when you defend, D-E-F-E-N-D. Just wait till a social worker comes out, you know, oh, next yeah. somebody has a machete against their neck. Exactly. You know, and they won't let a, a social worker have a canine. Don't let a social worker have a canine. Or a gun. <laughs> They're just for cops. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. That would be the irony if they give them all canines before they go out so they don't have to be with cops. <laughs> but... um. All right. So thanks again for, for uh, sitting down with us and chatting with us. Hopefully, well, I'll come back in a few months and give you an update that because of your show, we have some amazing new corporate sponsors. That would well, be great. We're going to spread it. We're going to do our best and we appreciate your time and we are always welcome here. Thank you so much for what you've done. Thanks, guys. Good night, Christy. Thank you so much.